0: Uh-huh. My name is Dr. Selena. Hi. How are you? Oh, every time I ask a particular client that question, he always says back to me, That's just such a loaded question. I'm like, I don't mean it as that. It's a check in. How you doing? All right. And there's so much that comes with that. So, whatever that is for you today, simple or complicated, Thanks for listening in. For those of you new to this podcast, welcome. For those of you who've been sticking with me, thank you. And I have had some new reflection in terms of this endeavor, this time with you, and choosing my mindset every single time one of you gives feedback. Thank you for that. Uh, Just wanting to share with you, wanting to put some stuff out there in this space, that hopefully gets you thinking a little bit differently, gets you asking better questions, and gets us showing up in the moment when we need to as our best self. Now, my focus is work because that is my endeavor where I spend my time and energy professionally. Yet certainly, as I was recently reminded, a lot of this applies to personal life too. My hope is that this is of value to you, and if there are other ways that I can be helpful and supportive to wherever you are on your professional uh, leadership journey, you got me. You can find me across social media. You can find me on my website. You can Google Selena and Iowa, and chances are you will find me. So today for this episode, I want to talk about the power of an idea. I-D-E-A. Have you ever fallen in love with an idea? I have way too many times. And let me share with you what it feels like when I do. There is a rush of energy. My body is on go time. Like, I can feel the blood surging, the energy is rolling, my brain. Now, I do have some squirrel issue brain challenges. So my brain, when I fall in love with an idea, it cranks up that chemical emotional reaction in parts of my brain, and it is running full speed ahead, Wild Mustangs in Montana speed. And I can feel it, right? Physically, there is a reaction when I fall in love with an idea. My brain is going full force and I am on. Here's the challenge when I fall in love with an idea, that road is like that really slick highway. And If I am not careful, it will take me right over a cliff, (laughs) a little further down. Like it is really good until it's not good. So why share that with you today? Oh, because chances are we've all done it. And when we think about decision making and leadership moments that often can define us, Uh, for who we are, where we're at, what we're working on, what our current focus is. Ideas can also be dangerous. Now, why? Well, we need to be able to get great ideas from anywhere. Likely you've heard me say that in one of our earlier programs or in training with you. We need to be able to get great ideas from anywhere. And yet, when we produce ideas... We need to vet them, V-E-T, right? And so what do you do with an idea when it hits you? you? Do you just soak it up for a little while, right? Sometimes an idea will hit me and I don't think much of it. Maybe it's a little strange. Maybe it's something different. I'm not quite sure what to do with it yet. And sometimes it just follows me for a while and it just lingers in the back and it picks at me or it, it, it. It floats across my thought stream, and I I wrestle with it a little bit. But there are other ideas that hit me, like (laughs) uh, a semi-truck, right? Just rolls it right down the highway, and I jump on, and I am now full speed ahead. I've learned over the years that when I go literally running off that thought cliff with an idea, it's never as good as had I vetted it, run it by, included others in that idea. They always help me refine it. They always help me think about it differently. And the idea always gets better. Not once can I think about an idea I fell in love with, that didn't get better when I brought others into the conversation. And sometimes I worry about what would they think. And so I like to then keep it to myself because, you know, I can convince myself of many, many things in my head. And, you know, in my personal circles, my husband of nearly 30 years would tell you that sometimes I don't share great ideas because I don't want to be told no. And that's a problem. And that's something I work on. But when I fall in love with an idea, I admit I, I, I feel happier. I'm, I'm glad it's part of that. I, I, when I get to wrestle with it and consider it and figure out what that looks like if I pursued it. But it's always better when I bring other people into that. Now, what does that mean? You got to include the right people. You got to include the right timing. And that's what we see in organizations today. Just because something worked six months ago does not mean that it'll work today. And just because an idea pops up today may not mean that it's a great idea 12 months from now. So what does that mean for us as leaders? Leaders, we've got to have an early radar detection system. That's what I now call mine. That when I fall in love with that idea and I can feel that emotion rushing and I am full speed ahead, uh, ignoring the cliff warnings coming up, that I need a circle of people. I can vet that idea too because they will give me my best feedback. They will help me be better. And of course, if you pick the right people to have in your idea circle, you don't pick people who will just agree with you. And you don't pick people who think like you. My best supporters don't think like me. That's why they're that much more valuable to me. But they help me refine that idea. They help me think through it different ways. And we all need that. So that early radar detection system helps me see the cliff sign warnings, like tap the brakes, Selena. You have a couple of people you need to check in with before you pursue this. And so it is. I, I, I want that early detection system on for us as leaders because all of us need it at a different boundary point. Maybe for you, you wait too long on an idea and you need people to prompt you. Maybe you're a processor and you're thinking about, thinking about, thinking about it, and it is time to set yourself a deadline and move it and get input and see where it takes you. And yet, there are others of us that will run with that idea, yet, what is it for you? When is it best for you to include other people? Maybe you do need a little bit more think time. And then how do you bring them into that? I love how the energy flows with a great idea, how it builds and grows and nearly floats, right? It elevates everyone who engages with it. And I have to give a shout out, a dear lifelong friend of mine by the name of Sharon Bosmic, who leads a wonderful organization called Astia.com. Astia out of San Francisco, they're global, but uh, astia.org shared with me a children's book because she knows my uh, fascination with different kinds of children's books and the messages, the very, very powerful messages that they give adults as well. And the child's, the children's book that I uh, really enjoyed Attached to this idea is What Do You Do with an Idea? That is the title of the book, What Do You Do with an Idea? Written by Kobe Yamada and uh, illustrated by Mae Bessem. And I would encourage you, if you're looking for just a beautiful book on what can you do with an idea, not only for you, but sharing it with maybe somebody younger in your circles that can just tap into the energy that comes with an idea. So let's capture that first, right? I want us to pursue great ideas in our organization. I want us to have processes and the infrastructure to do that. I want us to recognize our own patterns, whether we hold on to an idea and we're hesitant to share, or whether we share it too quickly and it hasn't quite been thought through. Sometimes I I do that. It's just a brain dump and I kind of put it out there and we sort through it. Sometimes I sit and mind map it out and try to collect my thoughts about it. If you're not familiar with a mind mapping technique, do an internet search on it or reach out to me and I'd happily share something with you on that. Or maybe I take that refined idea and now I got to run it in my circle have to share it with some other people, get their perspective, take their insight in and refine it and think about it and figure out what do I do with it next? Where can this idea go? Okay, so let's talk about the opposite. So you know me, I like definitions. I like compare and contrast because it gets our brain going in other directions. What would be the opposite of this? Well, okay, maybe not the opposite of that whole love idea, fall off cliff thing. But where does that also show up? It shows up in one of my favorite cognitive thinking errors, E-R-R-O-R-S, errors, Where leaders fall in love with an idea and now ego and passion and stubbornness all get rolled together. The cognitive error is called escalation commitment. And early, early on in some of our first episodes, I shared some of those cognitive errors with you. Today, I wanna focus just on escalation commitment in this context of falling in love with an idea. We do make better decisions together. And we know that, of course, in organizational systems, some decisions are carried by specific people. And I say that to leaders. I'm like, that may be your weight to carry. You carry that responsibility to make that decision, develop that idea, take that the next step. Escalation commitment is when a leader takes an idea and escalates it to a point of no return. And so what they do is they get so stuck on an idea, so passionate in where that decision is leading them, that despite new data, they ignore their circle, they ignore the data and refuse to change their mind. Sometimes it's stubbornness. Sometimes it's ego, but they don't want to let it go. They don't want to recognize that maybe for very good reasons, when they made that decision about an idea, it had great case. It had great merit. There were good things that went with it. But then as they were developing or working out whatever that process is, business conditions changed because we know how rapidly that can happen. And now when they go to implement it or now when they go to announce it, it doesn't work anymore. So what happens with when an idea breaks? That we had all this passion, all this energy, we thought it was a great idea that led to a series of decisions to put a plan in play. And it no longer is relevant or it no longer is our best choice. We could have done all the research, had all the data, really thought about this is a good plan. But when a leader or someone gets stuck and and loves that idea, they often can't see changing circumstances around them. They can't see because that emotion tied to it and... They can't adjust. So in workplaces, one example that I sometimes see this is we make a decision to purchase a software system, and we made the best decision we could at the time, to the best of our ability, or maybe not to the best of our ability. But we made the purchase decision, and it really doesn't matter what the number is. Let me put a price tag of okay. I'll keep it. Some, uh, I'll keep it small. One hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now. If your company is a $2 million company, that's a chunk of change. It's a chunk of change. If you're a $200,000 company, less of a chunk of change is if you're a $40 million company, but still money, right? Still chunk of change. So let's say whatever we spent on it, we pursued it and it no longer works for us. So we go to roll it out and the leader says something like, that's it. We're sticking to the plan because we've already spent the money. And I'm not changing my mind now. And it actually evolves then from escalation commitment, meaning I continue to escalate this. I become more and more committed to it because I get more and more stubborn about not letting my idea go. Then turns into sunk cost error, which is it's already spent. That money is gone. I don't care if it's 150,000. I don't care if it's 3 million. The money is gone. And so then that combines back to the escalation commitment error because we just keep spending the money even though the system is not working for us or whatever that decision was. So why talk about this? Oh, I love passion. I love commitment. I love vision. I actually love falling in love with an idea. (laughs) But we need early warning detection systems. And as leaders, we have to pay attention to that. We need great parameters, markers set up, checkpoints that allow us opportunities to stop and pause, reconsider the environmental conditions that we are making that decision in, not do it alone, but have a great process to which achieve that. So what does that mean for us today? What could you do with that sharing to understand when there's a great idea, how you embrace it, how you develop it, but then what's your process for working through it? I was working with a client this week and they described to me that they have all these great ideas but there's a lack of accountability in actually seeing something through, that they don't know what to do with it then, because they all sit around and they have this discussion and they, they cultivate that idea and they identify whether it has merit or, but then nobody owns that idea. So it doesn't go anywhere. And so we worked up actually a matrix that helped them vet the idea, And is this something then that is in the short term or the long term? What's our, what's, what's the purpose? What would it serve? What area of our organization did it, does it fit best in? So we developed a series of questions that they can ask. And I don't know, we'll see where we settle, but somewhere between five and seven questions that they can ask in that meeting to give it form and structure to decide how soon do we pursue this? where does this impact our business, what are the risk factors, and who should own it? And we're going to try it and see if that can help them in their idea generation decision-making process to know which ideas to pursue and which ones should wait and what the risk factors are, but ultimately who will own it. And then We also have to be careful that when a person does fall in love with an idea and they bring it to the group, that that person is honored from a standpoint that, I don't want to take that enthusiasm away, but sometimes we come up with not such great ideas, right? We're running towards down that road over the cliff because we've fallen in love with it. But then when we start vetting it, we have to set our mind to the fact that it can become better in the right ways, and not a loss when my peers don't support it, and that was one of the areas we were struggling with this group: is people would bring what they thought were great ideas, and then others would say not a great idea, and then the idea generator would be upset and offended and dis- um, disenfranchised. Really, is the word that came to mind. They would. Just say, but nobody loved it. And that is something we have to understand how that shows up in our teams. Consider what that looks like in your team, in your organization. We have to make it safe for people to come up with those ideas and contribute. And yet we also have to honor the fact that ideas can then become bigger where we give them life, if you will we can take those to the next level uh, and and still give credit where credit is due. Okay. So if you noticed in this episode, I have goats and ideas. True story. One of my team members saw the title and she goes, do you mean goals? And I'm like, no, I really mean goats. She says, why do we have goats in the title of our podcast? Right. (laughs) So I was recently running a new team activity, a type of been developing more simulations and scenarios to use in training, knowing from an adult learning standpoint, it's really important to how we learn. And I had this team, I, had the, I actually, had a whole room full of teams developing a brand new company. And sometimes in my enthusiasm, I am not clear enough in my parameters. And that happens much in my world. But this group was designing their business and they had ways they had to do it. And they part of the exercise was strategic thinking. So these are frontline leads and supervisors, and they're trying to come up with their business model. They have to think like a senior leader. And I put all different types of scenarios to them, change, different types of change. They lose people. They have to merge with other groups. So it's 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 been interesting. It's uh, a new activity for me that I'm working on developing further. But I was not clear enough in my parameters. So lo and behold, if we didn't have a group, and I say this with great affection because a number of them are podcast listeners, I love that activity and I loved your creativity. And they built a business that bought Texas and decided that uh, one of the ways they were going to manage the land of Texas was bring in boatloads of goats to manage and eat the land. And right there, I knew our exercise was a train that had just run off the rails. And so for the rest of our session, code word GOAT was that might be your sign that we have now hit a new level of what is really possible or maybe not so realistic. But maybe today that will stick for you. Because we have to be able to get great ideas from anywhere. We need passion and vision and focus and your energy around ideas that will help us problem solve and think differently and manage through the challenges we have in front of us. And sometimes ideas erupt into unexpected and sometimes impossible ways. And if it's in a scenario where it includes the Land of Texas and goats, I cut their budget and they had to regroup. But maybe for you today, it's just recognizing what is on your early radar detection system. When do you need to bring others into your ideas? Who is in your circle to support you with your ideas, honor your enthusiasm, but also give you a great reality check? I think we can do that better for each other. So on behalf of the Workplace Chameleon, learn something new today. Smash mental health stigmas and make good choices. Until next time, this is Dr. Selena.